Welcome to Always Aligning with your host, Ashika. This podcast is dedicated to soulful conversations with women that are living with intentionality and committed to personal development and self-growth. Join me as I dive deep with guests who are entrepreneurs, creatives, moms, professionals, and multifaceted women as we unpack what it means to live in alignment. I speak with women who have faced uncertainty, endured challenges, pivoted careers, embraced change, and continue to persevere while sharing their stories with vulnerability. Always Aligning is designed to inspire, uplift, and support you through your own journey of finding alignment. Welcome back to Always Aligning. This is your host, Ashika, and you are listening to episode nine. Today's episode, you're going to hear from Lisette Calvero. Now, Lisette is an influencer marketing professional. She works with brands, clients, and aspiring influencers, and is a person of influence herself. In today's episode, you're going to learn how Lisette found herself in debt as an aspiring influencer and used that experience and awakening to actually discover what it really means to show up digitally authentically, how to do that, how to redefine her mission statement, aka mission statement, but for you, so mission statement, and how to help others along the way. Full disclosure, I actually was a part of Lisette's mastermind earlier this year, so Q1, Q2, 2021, and let me tell you it was one of the best investments I made. I'm a firm believer in investing in your personal development and that means keeping up with the times and learning new things. Digital marketing, influencer world, all of this is so so new and constantly evolving. I wanted to learn from somebody that really knows her stuff and Lisette was that person. So if you are a creative professional, if you are into influencer marketing, if you want to become a person of influence and simply really redefine your relationship with social media, even if that means just using it for fun and for joy, this episode is for you. You're going to hear Lisette's perspective and I promise you it is so refreshing. Stay tuned till the end to get a sneak peek of what's coming up next. And as always, like and subscribe if you like the show. Hi, Lisette. Welcome to Always Aligning. This is obviously a very special episode for me because I have the pleasure of being one of your mastermind students. So for those listening that are probably just really curious about all of the many things you do, I feel like I can't even give you the best introduction because you wear so many hats. Could you just give us a quick roundup of all the things that you do? Yes. Wow. So many hats. I actually have a reel coming up about hats. And I'm Lisette. I love alliteration. So I like to say I'm a content creator, coach, and consultant of all things influencer marketing, which essentially translates to I work on the brand side, I work on the creator side, and like Ashika, I also work with influencers and people of influence with business coaching. So love all these aspects because I get to have a little bit of everything in this space that I love so much. So fascinating, especially so because this industry is just so new. I mean, 
10 years ago, if you would have asked anyone, do you know what an influencer is? I, I doubt most people would have understood or even maybe predicted that this could have been you know, the future of the world, which is where we are now in the present. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's even fascinating about your story is that you actually found alignment with your career because of a, a whole different experience. Could you mm-hmm. share that with us? Brother? Yeah. Uh, so I actually started and I'm Latina. So my parents say you study something, you go do that thing for the rest of your life. I studied public relations. So I started out in the public relations space um, that is working in media on the advertising agency side as well. And because of that, I was kind of early exposed to what quote influencers were at the time. At the time, influential people were magazine editors, athletes, people in entertainment. Mm-hmm. But then as the years pass, we start to see quote normal people become famous because of first reality TV and then because of social media. And that's where the modern day social media influencer definition came. And because of being in this world on the agency side, I did work around the influencer space and then started my own blog. And then I said, wait, I could also make money off of this. So I started to take the blog more seriously, social media more seriously as the creator. But it wasn't up until I had this one moment where I said, wait, I'm becoming or portraying this lifestyle that isn't really mine. I'm just kind of trying to do what everyone else is doing online, which Mm -hmm. is travel to cool places, wear cool clothes, never repeat the same outfit and go eating out. You can't repeat the same outfit. That's like a big no, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was just following along the footsteps of what I thought everyone else was doing, the people that we were hiring at the time. And that actually made me resent social media a little bit. So I came out and said, you know, I'm enough of this. I am now going to try to honor who I feel like I am, which at the time I really had no idea who I was because I was wearing so many masks. But I said, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to just show you whatever my authentic self is. As I started saying that and doing that, one of the conversations I was having was around money and around how I had a lot of debt at the time that I had moved to New York, which is around 2016, how I got out of debt. And someone took to that story and said, this is interesting um, because it seemed like you had a picture perfect life, yet you were in so much credit card debt. So I did an interview and the journalist was from the New York Post. And if you know New York Post, it can be very tabloidy. So this article about me getting out of debt ended up turning into this huge gotcha moment for influencers. And basically the angle was, you see, everything you see is fake. And this person went into debt trying to live this lifestyle influencers are living, which isn't 100% true to my story. But what I loved about that moment is I realized that what people really wanted, what people, what really grows community is tapping into your story, owning it, because I told my story first. So even if the tabloids messed it up, I was confident and happy that I own my story. Mm -hmm. And I grew a big following because a lot of people found that story, resonated with it, and could see themselves in that story, whether they were an influencer or not. You know, there's so many people who have credit card debt just trying to keep up with whatever they think is cool in the moment. Sure. Yeah. So you you were working with influencers and seeing it from the brand side. You then thought, hey, I want to try this out for myself. And you bought the clothes. You took the trips. You dipped the things. You were trying mm-hmm. to portray this cool lifestyle that 
was maybe partially what you were living, but at the cost of this debt now that you yes. <laughs> and then you you had your moment in 2016, I think you said, where you realized this isn't working, this isn't you. And the the impact of that was actually you got even more PR out of it. So you you got more attention for showing up as your authentic self because I mean, I don't really remember what social media space was like in 2016, but I don't think it was as transparent as and as authentic, at least as it is now. So probably in 2016, too, you know, having that context, you're showing up as your authentic self and people are like, whoa, this is cool. But tell me, Lisette, do you think at that time or that I feel like influencers have generations, right? And like every few years it pivots. Do you think that um, generation of influencers were portraying a fake lifestyle and are they still doing that now yeah great question so 2016 is when i started behind the scenes changing my life but i didn't really come out until my story until 2018 and i would say that's important context because in 2018 that was kind of the the pivotal moment where everyone wanted to prove influencers were fake wrong it's fraudulent so that narrative right of you see like there's normal people too are affected by influencers um was something that i think everyone was talking about as an influencer i don't think there was a lot of transparency and i think again that's why there was such a movement there's a lot of momentum in building community around that time because people thought wow finally someone said it you know um and again even if you weren't trying to be an influencer you were like yeah i swiped up and bought everything this girl said and i have no idea why i did it so it was really um opening up a lot of the conversation on what it meant to be authentic online what does it mean to have impactful influencing, which is really where the influence with impact name came from. And I think nowadays it's kind of, you either are and authenticity is a buzzword. We'd probably get into that, but you either are transparent, true to your story, honoring your values or you're out. Like people are seeing through everything. And I wouldn't so much say that people are faking a lifestyle more so than living a lifestyle that doesn't honor them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's talk about that. What does it even mean to be, quote unquote, authentic? And for someone that's not an influencer, that's maybe engaging with people of influence, whether they have a small following mm -hmm. or a large following, how can they sniff out somebody that might be fake? Yeah, I think authenticity, again, is honoring the good and the bad of your story because there it's not about being goofy or silly. I think when we think authenticity, we think, oh my God, she showed up with her hair a mess. That's awesome. But maybe authenticity to you means I really love makeup and hair. So I'm going to look bomb.com in everything that I post. Mm -hmm. Authenticity is not, you know, taking photos with your iPhone versus a camera, because if you love photography, you're going to take photos with your camera. So I think authenticity is really sitting down with yourself and saying, what is my story? What are my values? Am I accurately portraying that on social media? If someone were to meet me offline, will I be the same person they're seeing online? If you can answer yes, then that is authenticity. You've passed the test. And I think as consumers, what we can do is people who we follow, right? And we respect and we're, we're starting to, you know, swipe up on everything, engage with everything. Definitely keep an eye out and ask yourself, are they showing me the highlights and the lowlights, right? And the lowlights don't have to be anything traumatic or very deep or shallow. It just has to be a little bit more about what's happening behind the scenes. What is your life like when you're not on a private jet plane? What's your life like when you're not wearing expensive clothes? If we can see that, I think 
we can see the true person behind stuff, behind filters. So certainly ask yourself that. How many times have I really seen this person's low lights as much as I'm seeing the highlights? And also engage in more meaningful ways with these people to start to figure out if they're being their authentic selves. And what I mean is leave more thoughtful comments, for example. Shoot them a DM, right? Maybe there's something you disagree with. Go have some dialogue with them, right? Nothing that you're challenging them on. Just have dialogue. See how that goes. And I think that that's how you can kind of sniff out, for lack of a better word, who is being authentic self and who's just portraying an image online that really isn't theirs. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to connect that back to your own story when you started to realize that you wanted to be more authentic. What was it? transition period like where you said, okay, I'm not going to go into debt to do all of these cool things to portray this life. So I'm going to show up as myself. How did you even coach yourself through that experience? Yeah. Well, speaking of engagement and DMs, I think what really start, what really was hitting me is that people would say, I'm so jealous of your life. How can you do all these things while, you know, working and I was working in advertising and PR, which is not high paying at all. Mm -mm. So people would say like, how can you afford it? You know? And I was like, I don't know. And again, it's still my money. Um, I think nowadays there's green screens. You can definitely fake going to places and wearing different clothes, but people saying things like, Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. I started to feel like, wow, that I don't want people to be jealous of this because I don't know that having debt is cool. So I should probably tell them that while these experiences I'm having are awesome. I'm still also paying back a ton of debt that I've been in. So I need to show again, the highlights and the lowlights, not to say that I don't deserve the experiences I was having or that the experiences weren't great, especially when it comes to travel. I love traveling, but I needed to show them what was also going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the transition took some time because like I said, I didn't just wake up and know who I was. I just woke up and took off the mask and I was kind of discovering myself at the same time everyone else was discovering me. So it was a little bit of just sharing, you know, it was hard to get out of curation mode where you had to share the perfect photo, the perfect caption, the Pinterest pun, you know, like, you know, be cutesy, all of that. It took some time for me to kind of get out of it. And I had to ask myself, what story do I really want to tell? Like, what does the person I'm trying to speak to really need to hear? Mm -hmm. And for example, I always go back to travel because it's an easy way to compare and contrast. If I'm going somewhere, I think, quote, old me would have said, I'm here in this awesome place and like a peace sign or, you know, a pun, a cute quote versus new me was saying, had so much fun at this place. Let me tell you a little bit about it. I met this person. I heard their story. Such a cool experience because that's unique to me. Every time I travel, I love talking to people, meeting new people. I love solo traveling. So just really asking myself, what is my authentic story here? Am I just showing things or am I helping empower someone to go take a trip? Am I empowering, educating someone on what to do? So really figuring out the why do I want to share this helped me transition. And then I would say over time, even in that transition, you know, travel was something I did a lot because it was something you could show off. And then I realized, well, I don't want to be a travel blogger and I actually don't really care 
to create, you know, itineraries or anything like that. I travel because I love the freedom of it. I love meeting and being in new communities. So travel for me was just a vehicle for all the other values of mine, values around community, values around freedom, which really leans into my entrepreneur story. And then I started to figure out, wait, 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 my real mission here online has nothing to do with this stuff, with lifestyle. It actually has to do with helping people be in community. I am leaning into this career I've built in social media, in branding. How can I use these things to help people build more community and make more impact? And that's where I've gone and that's where I am today. That is a whole lot of reflection, but <laughs> as someone who has followed you for I maybe a, more than a year now plus, like I can see that reflection really translating well into the story that you share with us. And the value that you offer. And I never really connected those dots clearly in my head until I worked with you where I understood that, hey, you can offer value in the words that you put out there, maybe even in the imagery or the video and value. It's subjective, right? It's so mm -hmm. different. You know, somebody might tell give you value with like, here's and how to, but value could also be in your thoughts and the way you reflect things. So I'm curious to learn that when you went through this experience of reflection for yourself, did you work with someone or was it just your ability to dive deeper into your own thoughts or maybe your own self-growth journey that you were going through at that time that helped you connect the dots for yourself? Yeah. As it relates to social media, a lot of the work was done by myself because it's just what I really did was apply the things that I was doing from a branding and social media perspective for my clients. So hard products, businesses, brands, and translate it to myself. Mm -hmm. And it was really fun because I had always learned marketing from a perspective of helping these like things, right? Not so much helping people. So when I turned it into myself or onto myself, it was really interesting to see, well, how do I get there? How do I create a mission statement, right? And I know you've been through my program. You know why mission. I call it a mission because I was like, it's a me, me mission statement. It's about me. I'm a person. I'm not this product. And a lot of things um, were done on my own, just again, from like a positioning standpoint, learning, you know, what is the best way for me to plan my content? How can I plan my content to make sure I'm acknowledging other people? All these things that I think a lot of people aren't even really thinking about. So you applied what you were doing with your clients to yourself. And interestingly enough, you've made a business out of that. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Interestingly enough, for sure, because I remember when I actually went viral around that time, I thought, I want to work with people more. So I went and got a business coaching certification. But even after doing that, no, we've talked about this. I said, I still don't really know what I want to do for people. I, I know these tactics on how to coach people, but how do I actually turn it into a business, what the heck do I do? So what I first started doing is everything that we just kind of talked about right now, I started doing it for some friends, some friends in the space. Then I started to take people formally as one-on-one -on -one clients. And what that meant was these same tactics, right, of helping people set themselves up as personal brands on social media. I then helped them use that to build their revenue streams, to build their monetization. As I did that, I thought, ooh, there's kind of a method here or there's a pattern here. And after doing that, I actually launched 
my group mastermind last year in May of 2020. <laughs> what a year. And mm -hmm. this was actually a new revenue stream for me because as my story is told, I was still working in the advertising world prior to 2020. But that year, before I knew a pandemic was looming, I actually decided this is the year I go on my own because I want to give myself space to see what comes next. Mm -hmm. And the space to see what comes next meant some of the jobs I was still doing, you know, to keep business running was in the consulting space. But the coaching, the mastermind piece was brand new to me. And what I actually did was I had to find a way to almost methodize what I had already been doing with people on a one-on-one -on -one level in this new format. And the reason why I really wanted to do group is because, again, community is one of my biggest values. And for me, being in community is so much more impactful going through a program like this. I know you were in it. And for me, it's just seeing people collaborate with each other, learn from each other, being able to pull other people's experiences and say, hey, remember what that person said? This actually applies to you. That's what I, I've really built my business out of. I would say the thing that helped me scale my business and really grow was coming back to do mindset work on myself. And this I did do guided all the way and till this day still doing it because remember one of the first moments when I realized I was kind of lost was I said, I don't really know who I am. I think I'm being like someone else. And after launching this new revenue stream, after growing quickly with this new program, I realized that I started to, again, lose myself in the work and I forgot who am I really. So I'd been doing a lot of mindset work and I would say that helped me scale my business, helped me open myself up to new clients, helped me show up stronger on social media so that I can get more leads, more clients. But all that work has to happen. Kind of whether you're working with a business coach or you've got the experiences and you really want to make this product, but you still have to do the mindset and the self-work to be able to grow and keep it sustainable. Do you now feel like you're in a position where you are fully aligned with knowing who you are and the person you are and representing that your authentic best in, in your digital world? Yes. Well, yes and no. That was a very strong yes, because I do energetically inside me believe, yes, I know who I am now. And it, the who I am is always evolving. But every single day is always going to have some sort of struggle, some sort of imposter syndrome, some sort of fear of being seen. And I just have to work on that every single day. But the thing that I realize really is me is that I I feel like I am light, right? And what I mean by that is my energy is what helps other people see themselves as light, see mm -hmm. their, you know, kind of take a look at themselves and say, this is who I am. I'm pretty badass. And I kind of reflect on a lot of people. And it, it's so funny because when I was kind of searching for my identity, I was looking for more labels, but I'm not a, I'm not a label. I'm just kind of like a floating ball of energy. And with that as well, I always had this very strong limiting belief. And something that held me back was people thinking I was young, quote unquote, because I'm very bubbly. I'm very goofy. So I thought mm, that's probably a signal of being childish. People are not going to take me seriously mm -hmm. in the corporate world. People would always tell me I had to deepen my voice because it was too high pitched. All these little things really came at me. So back to like me and my identity, light, laughter, that is literally who I am. And the this whole idea of like being light for others so they can see themselves is the business part of who I am. 
I love that so much. As you know, I'm a big affirmation believer and I am light in itself. It's an affirmation, right? And um, we are the stories that we tell ourselves. So if that's what you're telling yourself, you are going to be the light. And um, again, having worked with you, I can definitely vouch that you are filled with light. And (laughs) you've also, you know, taught me just to look at this world as a opportunity, but as, as a space to be myself and I don't have to be someone else. I'm curious to know, for the naysayers out there, for the people that don't understand what any of this is, and there's a lot of people out there that think influencer world is, for the lack of a better word, bullshit. What would Mm -hmm. you tell them? I would first say everyone has influence. Even if you don't have followers uh, at a million, everyone has influence. So what we have to realize is that influencer marketing is its own thing. It's a vehicle of marketing. The same way billboards are marketing, television ads are marketing. Influencer marketing is a way that people and brands can promote things. However, influencers and people of influence, it's people who have built some sort of clear mission. And because of that, they have a community around them, right? And the thing about social media is a lot of people will see Someone with a lot of followers, someone who creates awesome photos, but they may not be influential. They may not be influencers. They're just creating content on social media, which is totally fine, but they have some sort of influence and it doesn't all have to be a part of this influencer marketing ecosystem, which I think is where people get confused. They think influencer means hashtag ad, you're fake. And no, every person has influence. Not everyone's an influencer. And there are people who, you know, are just part of the influencer marketing cycle and ecosystem. <laughs> so there's a clear distinction between a person of influence slash influencer and influencer marketing. And I guess uh, what I, where I've seen the lines blur is when people you build this relationship with said influencer who then chooses to maybe, um, you know, portray again, this unattainable lifestyle and my thought in that in that scenario is don't follow them right if if that mm-hmm. doesn't connect with your vibe and your values and you're not intrigued or you're not you know i don't know is seeking to be influenced by somebody's glamorous lifestyle don't don't follow them but yet people do people do yeah. follow them and then they wonder why maybe they're being negatively influenced yeah and i think we always forget that we have the power to unfollow, to mute if it's too dramatic to unfollow, and to really take control of what we want to see on our feeds. Again, someone like Ashika, who doesn't have a million followers, but she's influential to me. She reminds me to have affirmations. She reminds me to live with more intention. And there, yes. And there may be someone else out there who, despite having a million followers, I see their lifestyle and I think, wow, they just have an awesome, successful business. They're role models to me. They really inspire me, love the content that they create, but also love the conversations they're having. And then if I run into someone else who I, every time I see them on my feed, I think, oh, I feel crappy about myself now. I wish I had that. Or this is really annoying. I hit the unfollow button immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, how do you preserve your own mental health and well-being as an influencer? And then as someone who's coaching, um, you know, aspiring influencers or people of influence, and then working with brands who are trying to actually engage with influencers for influencer marketing, you are you're in all three sides of the story. So 
how do you preserve your mental health and stay grounded through it all? Yeah, I would say boundaries are number one. So even as a creator, right, there are boundaries I've set with social media. And you know this, I time block my social media. So there's times to work, there's times to play. And I really make sure I honor these boundaries so that I'm not energetically drained by social media either. Because as as you said, it's a part of my work every day. So I can't let myself be over consumed by it. In fact, I barely use social media on my phone. And a lot of people know this, I type on desktop. So I really try not to even touch it on my phone, because that would mean I'm probably on the go or playing. And then as a coach, I think, Again, setting boundaries, not just literally in your business, like office hours or just making sure you have a schedule of when you're seeing and meeting people, but reminding yourself that other people's stories are not yours and just kind of rewarding or finding the rewarding moments where people are making gradual success, right? Like getting a video up is round of applause, everyone stands up versus it's not just about waiting for someone to make money, waiting for someone to have more followers. It's about celebrating the wins along the way. And I would say those wins along the way keep me refueled, keep me re-energized around the boundaries I've set. And then similarly, you know, working with brands, I think it all goes back to boundaries because you can be working with some brands that are a little crazy, for lack of a better word, where they are demanding or they're not really respectful of your value. And you set a boundary back. You know, someone has emailed me and I'm asking for a certain amount of money. Um, and they say, nope, we can only do a quarter of that. Just letting them know the reason my pricing is this way is because X, here's my boundary. And I walk away and I feel good about it because I don't feel like someone took a jab at my value. I have just set a boundary and they either respect it or they don't. I love that. So boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And again, that's, it can be so hard when you're just consuming. I'm definitely guilty of that. Just, you know, mindless consumption. Sometimes it, it gets in the way of like understanding what you're doing there, what the intention is, what the purpose is. So going back to that intention and setting that boundary. Lisa, do you think if you had not um, got had the experience of going through debt or, and maybe having that New York Post article come out and having that reflection that you would have built this really cool lifestyle for yourself now where you are your own boss, helping people, working with people, working with brands and getting to create and tap into your own creativity for yourself? You know, that's such a good question because I actually always used to say I am not entrepreneurial, not an entrepreneur at all. I love my corporate job. I was at the next level. I would have become a vice president, which in an advertising world is that's it. You made it VP. You're done. And I thought that's where I was going to stick around my whole life. But I always had this quote side hustle of either freelancing, consulting or creating content for brands. And I would say going viral to me was the worst case scenario. What's the worst thing that could happen? You go viral and people hate you for it. And I was like, oh my God, not that I was canceled or anything, but again, people used it as a gotcha moment. Like, You see, influencers are bad. Mm. And I felt like, well, if that's the worst that could happen and I could get through that, literally I could take any risk I want. And I would say that probably... I I do believe in destiny and I do believe that I'm supposed to be exactly where I am now, but I don't think I would have gotten here as fast as I did if I didn't have that viral moment to just completely shatter my limiting beliefs without me trying, (laughs) without me asking for it. I kind of just grew up overnight. That's amazing. It's amazing that you were able to embrace this, you know, 
maybe unsettling situation going viral, probably getting all these negative comments from people and turn that around, right? And take back your story in your in your own hands. Congratulations for that. I'm curious, Lisette, as an influencer coach, I have to pick your brain a little bit, especially for our listeners. What is something that someone can do right now if they want to start showing up more authentically? You have to go back into your personal story. And you know, this is like the first thing we do with the program before we even talk about marketing. And it's for that reason, because oftentimes what we think we want to build online is actually just a bunch of pieces of other people's work, things we've consumed, things that we think are the right thing, but we never, or not enough of us go back and honor our story. And if you don't do that now, it's going to show up later as it was with my journey, right? So I believe everyone needs to come back to their story. If you can set a timer for 30 minutes and literally just brain dump your life story, right? So no prompt, just go in. If someone said, tell me your life story, what would that be? Just sit for 30 minutes and see what comes up. From that, could you look up some of the milestones? Could you look up some of the challenges and obstacles? And what did you learn from those things? Or what did those milestones feel like? And I would say that exercise is something that can be very impactful for you to then use and see, hmm, some of these things actually do fit into my niche, into my mission. And for example, on my part, I realized anytime I had a milestone, anytime I felt really good in my life, it had something to do with community. It always had something to do with that. It had something to do with, you know, lighting a spark in someone else. And even if it meant I light a spark and I walk away, those moments were my feel good moments. So just like really figuring out that life story will be helpful for you to then go forth and do all the fancy marketing work to start your social platform. Beautiful. So honoring your story and having a reflection on the ups and the downs and looking at that and trying to figure out what are the things that you are comfortable sharing and talking about and using that to propel forward. So now when somebody has honored their story and they are making this dedicated time to, you know, mindfully build their digital community, are there any maybe one or two little pointers you can tell them from a tactical standpoint? For example, for me, I struggle with photography. I still do. And it's literally one of the biggest reasons why I stayed away from actively creating on Instagram because I don't really like taking pictures. I like being clicked once in a way, but I don't always like taking pictures. Um, And it was just a roadblock. But what are the different things maybe some people can do to get that car on the road? Yeah. I would actually say you should experiment with different types of content because true to your story, maybe you realize I like don't love taking photos. So could you make beautiful graphics? Could you make fun short form videos? Do you really like video? Do you want to make long form video? But you won't really know what you like or don't like. I call it the love and loathes um, until you actually start experimenting and putting yourself out there. It's part you're creating, you're seeing what what you like and what was enjoyable to learn, but also part seeing what it feels like to put yourself out there in that way. I would say anecdotally, I never created video because I didn't like having to stare at my face and editing myself all day. That just to me, I I cannot edit. So what does that mean? That means I was holding myself back because I I don't even know if it was like a body image issue, but it was this weird thing. I didn't like hearing my voice, editing my voice. This same thing happened when I was in musical theater. I could never watch a show back. And (laughs) that stopped me from making videos. 
but what if I made videos and could I outsource the editing? Or what if I made short form videos where I actually don't need to stare at myself for an hour to edit a YouTube video. I just need to stare at myself for a minute. And I actually got into short form video because of this realization. I started experimenting with short form video. And that started by way of TikTok just because they had that capability. And I would say now short form video is my favorite way to create, my favorite way to show up even though I did love photography, but all of that came from experimenting. So starting there. And I would say the second thing is don't just get stuck saying, what's the perfect photo? What's the perfect caption? Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, what does this person need to hear right now? What do they need to hear to either feel seen, heard, or to really connect with this message? Because oftentimes we think, oh my gosh, I don't have the perfect three paragraph caption or the lighting in my photo is just not where I want it to be. But is the lighting relevant right now to your message? It could be. Like if you're talking about being love and light and joy, maybe being in a dark room is not the best photo. But if you had asked yourself, what does this person need right now? What transformation do I want them to have? What feeling do I want this content to give them? That will help you ask yourself, well, what does that look like? And does this photo honor that story? Does what I want to say honor that story? Maybe sometimes you do just want to put one sentence that says, I don't know who needs this reminder, but go take a walk today. Awesome. (laughs) Right. That could be what someone's willing to, what someone's wanting to hear today. If you're someone who likes to talk about work-life balance, right? You don't have to say three tips to work-life balance. You can just say, Hey, you remember, go outside. And that's enough. Yeah. And that's such a good reminder, especially for me, because I I struggle with that, where I just feel like every caption has to be like this life changing thing. And that it's it's so heavy. It's such a big expectation. And like, I, I can't change anyone's life with just one post, nor do I wish to. But can I maybe share little nuggets of experiences that I've had that, you know, have maybe moved around some energy or given me some joy? Sure, because it's my experience. And Again, kudos to you for helping me build that relationship with that and teaching me that. Where do you predict all of this goes, Lisette? Of course, we've had the pandemic. It's really forced us to lean into the digital space more than ever before. And, you know, thankfully, the world is reopening, at least over here in the U.S. But Mm -hmm. what is the future of for someone that is an influencer slash people of influence? I definitely think that influencer marketing is not going anywhere ever because while right now social media influencers have taken the spotlight, there's going to be the next quote influencer, right? Or the definition of what that looks like. I would even challenge that we're already seeing that a lot of the brands that I do consulting for, they're not just hiring people with a lot of followers. They're hiring thought leaders. They're hiring entrepreneurs. They're hiring the dietitian with 10,000 followers to lead a whole campaign because she has the actual knowledge. You know, they're not really just looking for people with a lot of followers. So all of that comes to just really building out your personal brand. And I would also challenge and say, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You can be working in the nine to five and still build out your personal brand because who are you outside of when you clock out? And I think that's the question mark we can all ask ourselves because the direction where quote, all of this is going is more people becoming personal brands and turning the personal brand into a business plan, whether that means it's the side hustle for now, or you will take it and make it your full-time job. So I think what we can all do is listen to this conversation, figure out who exactly you are. Um, And again, that's not a label. It's not another label, but it's just this evolving essence of who you are, 
what kind of mission, what kind of transformation you want for people and who you want to influence. Mm -hmm. And also a friendly reminder that you're never too late, right? Like you can start where you're at and build from it, especially if you're saying that this is here to stay and this is the way, this is the way we communicate now. Mm -hmm. Um, Every day can be your, your number one day, right? Yeah. And there are so many people, even, you know, over the last year that just blew up overnight and by blew up, you know, again, doesn't mean you have a million followers. It could mean you have a thousand followers. That to me is blowing up. And, you know, one piece of content ends up going viral. But at the end of the day, beyond those little moments, you still have to ask yourself, like, what what is my presence online? And whether you've been doing this for five years or you've been doing this for five days, everyone can ask themselves that question. There is room for everyone because there are billions of people in this world. So there is someone who's waiting to hear from you because you have exactly the experiences they're looking for. Even in very, quote, saturated categories, if you're in fashion, well, are you someone who wants to use fashion to inspire confidence? Are you someone who wants to find affordable ways to get dressed every day? Like there's just something for everyone, but you have to figure out what about me? What about my story is unique? Because that little uniqueness is what people are going to connect with. I love how you have just portrayed social media and influencer world, everything influencer in the most mindfulest of ways possible. It's why I've loved working with you. It's why I wanted to have this conversation because there is alignment that one can find between what they, who they are and what they want to share with the world and how they show up. Um, digitally. Lisa, what are the different ways? How are the different ways someone can work with you? And what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah. So you can follow me at Lisette Calv, all the free resources and information there. Feel free to shoot me a DM. And I also do both one-on-one coaching and group coaching for influencers or people of influence. And it's everything from this conversation, right? So figuring out who you are as a personal brand, mastering social media and how to use it intentionally and the monetization piece, whether you're someone who right now wants to work with brands or other, because I also do believe everyone needs multiple revenue streams. So brand partnerships is not the only thing you'll be doing. I also do have a bunch of resources. I do uh, workshops and some little mini digital lessons that you can access on my website, influencewithimpact.co. But Really, that was a big laundry list of stuff I do. I just help people find their influence and do something good with it. <laughs> I hope this conversation inspired you to take a look at your relationship with social media. And if you are a person of influence or interested in stepping into the influencer zone to really start thinking about what is your mission statement and how can you make this experience valuable not only for yourself but for the audience that you're speaking to definitely take a look at Lisette's Instagram she shares gems of knowledge and I'm sure she can help you in your journey stay tuned for next week's episode next week is episode 10 and I'm going to commemorate this special special milestone by releasing my first solo episode if you enjoyed the show as you know go ahead and like subscribe and share it with a friend also share it on your social media I so appreciate that. See you back here next week.